Looking for a new out-of-the-box snack to try? Expand your snacking repertoire with My Mo Mochi Ice Cream. Now, My Mo Mochi Ice Cream is a fusion of premium ice cream wrapped in traditional sweet rice mochi dough, giving snackers a colorful and flavorful new way to snack. My Mo Master Mochi Makers make sweet rice dough from the best ingredients to create a magnificent mochi outside. Inside the pillowy sweet mochi exterior is milky, melty premium ice cream. The result, a majestic marriage of mesmerizing flavors that'll make you say more. My Mo Mochi Ice Cream is made from real ingredients, gluten-free, 110 calories each, and is naturally portion controlled. My Mo Mochi Ice Cream is available in a variety of flavors, including sweet mango, cookies and cream, double chocolate, green tea, salted caramel, and ripe strawberry. Get ready to blow your mouth's mind with My Mo Mochi Ice Cream. Find your favorite at a grocery near you. Live from Miami, Florida, thefoodie.com presents WTF, Where's the Food? With your host, Nick. Yes, welcome back to another episode of WTF, Where's the Food? My name is Nick, and uh, you hear the sound of my voice. I am a little under the weather, but we'll get through this together. It's a big, big episode. This is episode number 27. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheFoodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Of course, we got an amazing website as well, TheFoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. Lots of great food news on there, plus, of course, the episode rundown where we put links and photos to pictures to everything we talk about on this episode. It's up there for you. You can subscribe, download, and listen to WTF Words of Food wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. And if you do listen to WTF Words of Food on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review there. And, of course, most importantly, we got full episodes of WTF Words of Food now on the website, thefoodie.com. So let's run down episode number 27. It's a big one. Going to be talking to Amanda and Andy Rodriguez from the Salty Donut. Lots to talk to them about. Going to get their story, how they started the Salty Donut, how they achieved success in such a short amount of time why did they feel the need that miami need the donuts going to get to that question plus going to find out their favorite donut and of course all about location number two i'm going to try to get a date out of them when they think the new location salty donut two in south miami will be opening and so much more lots to talk about plus we're going to do some food news taco bell has a new taco that will have you having breakfast at the bell also ruby chocolate is coming to states via kit kat shake shack has a new veggie burger, and Dole Whip Donuts are now a thing, plus so much more. Plus, we got Food Porn of the Week from South Florida Foodie, and of course, the Cocktail of the Week this week brought to you by Bonefish Grill. Before we kick off episode number 27, I want to let you guys know about two great food events happening in the South Florida, Miami, for Lauderdale area in the next two weeks. This Friday, April 20th, depends on when you're listening, the Las Olas Food and Wine Festival is taking place to benefit the American Lung Association. If you're from the Fort Lauderdale area, they close La Sola Street. Lots of food drinks from 50 plus of South Florida's finest restaurants. You want to check out the La Sola's Food and Wine Festival happening this Friday, April 20th. And you can get your tickets right now at LasOlasWFF.com. Another great event I want to talk to you about, the South Florida's Taste of the Nation, which is happening April 27th at Ice Palace Film Studios, and I'm hosting that event, so I expect to see you there. South Florida's Taste of the Nation for No Kid Hungry is the nation's premier culinary benefit featuring top chefs, 
wineries, mixologists. It's an amazing event, one of my favorite events all year. You need to check out the South Florida Taste of the Nation, and you can get tickets right now on thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. You want to be there. April 27th, South Florida's Taste of the Nation. I hope to see you guys at both events if you're in the South Florida area. So now back to the donuts. Let's kick off episode number 27 with my conversation from Amanda and Andy Rodriguez from the Salty Donut. So you guys are those donut people, right? It's us. Amanda and Andy Rodriguez from the Salty Donut. Hello. That's us. Well, welcome to the show, guys. I Thank truly you. appreciate it. And um, so you guys have a new location opening up. We have a new location opening up. But yes. we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Go slow. Uh, but, but slow. I want to find out the story. How how did you guys even decide to create donuts? Man, what a, it, it's a crazy story. Uh, I think it starts with, like you, our passion for food. Okay. Uh, we are food obsessed to a level that is slightly disturbing. Uh, okay. When we were younger, I think we would like, just put stuff on our credit cards and be like, you know, I mean, it'd be like, babe, I found a trip to whatever, Nashville. Just for, to go eat. Just to go eat. Okay. Go to like, you know, I always like to say. All of our trips were all about they food. They were all about food. <laughs> I love the example of Hattie B's Hot Chicken. Like someone had told us about Hattie B's Hot Chicken uh-huh. in Nashville. Man, is like, I found a flight. It's like 80 bucks. Should we do it? I'm like, let's go get hot Smart. chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Smart. Let's do it. Smart. Because now, I mean, lines are just ridiculous it's oh, yeah. for some hot chicken. It's insane. So anyway, we, um, you know, we really love food and, and we, we spent quite a bit of time on the West Coast. Me for my previous venture. Uh, and the West Coast of the U.S. has these amazing donut shops, mm-hmm. right? There's Blue Star, Sidecar, all these great shops uh, that are killing it. And so we didn't really understand why Miami didn't have one, but we all non-existent, non-existent, except we, for like a Dunkin' or you had yeah. like your, oh here yeah. and there, whatever. But there was nobody doing something really cool. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I want you to fill in the story. <laughs> you know what's up? Yeah, and so then I don't know. We just kind of woke up and was like, well, then why don't we do it? Why don't we fill that gap? Um, and then that's how donuts kind of became our passion. Yeah, just like we were like, Miami doesn't have something. Uh, we always complain that the whole U.S. is sort of like ahead of us as far as food The West goes. Coast is definitely ahead of us. Definitely the West Coast. Uh-huh. And like New York, Chicago, has, they have so many great concepts. And I feel like for the U.S. in general to be so far ahead of Miami, it's like mm-hmm. we're both born and raised here. We're both mm-hmm. Cuban-American. It's yeah. like, why, why no love for Miami, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, we just decided to... to Take it and run with it. We're like donuts, coffee. We love both of those things. Nobody's doing it. Let's do it. So when you first thought of the idea, before you even came up with the actual donut recipe, the concept, everything, were you scared that Miami was not going to accept donuts? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We constantly thought that every day. I mean, that's why we took a whole two years before we actually launched like the public, Mm -hmm. just fine tweaking everything. And then we we had, well... Do you think that it doesn't exist because, you know, it's not a good idea? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm too scared to be the first person. It's always easy to come after someone once you see someone else's success. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be, like, the first in Miami, we were so scared. And I think that's also why we actually chose Winwood because it's, like, fun and quirky kind of space. So mm-hmm. if anybody's going to accept us being all funky and like we are, it'd be in Wynwood. And Well, because it was scary. You you go to Dunkin' Donuts and you get, I don't know, uh, uh, 12 donuts for 4 bucks yeah, so or whatever bad. it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you start charging three, four, I mean, even $5 in some cases for a donut, it's scary. I mean, that much work goes into it to merit the price. Yeah, you, you wonder if people would pay this for, mm-hmm. for a donut. You, you wonder that wonder. with a lot of things, you know? like Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's like, is, are people going to think we're crazy? Like, nobody's done this. So it's like, like educating what, people what, on donuts. Yeah, you go to LA <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like five bucks for a donut, that's cheap. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> you're right. You're, you're, you're 100% right. And Miami kind of didn't have it. So you guys brought it to Miami. You opened it in Winwood, and you first started with a little camper. 
We did. Yes. Right? We did. We started out of a camper on December, I think it was 3rd, 2015. Uh, we opened, we had like a couple. It was in a parking lot. In a parking lot. Like some lot. picnic tables, a little tent. A little ghetto, but it was but it was fun. <laughs> it was all we had. We're like, this is what we're going to do, you know? So we had signed a lease in the building we are now, but the building was severely delayed. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, either we just wait a year for this building to be done, or we just figure out a way to open a donut shop without actually having a donut shop. Okay. And the way we found out to do that was we rented commissary kitchen space, uh, by the hour, we would make donuts there, and we'd truck them in batches to this crazy little camper in the middle of a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Made it happen. Made it happen. The first month was like, okay, and then we went on vacation, um, and we closed from December 26th to January 3rd, which was like, who's really going to care that we exactly. closed for a week? We come back, and the security guard of the, the parking lot's like, where the hell have you guys been? <laughs> he was like... 400 people showed up here on the weekend, and we're like, what? There's no way. So at that point, like- And this the, is how far from you guys just opening? This is like- Like two, two weeks. weeks. Two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> two weeks. So that's when like the New Times wrote about it. Uh, Miami Herald had written about it. Nothing crazy, but like a few people had had written about it, and I guess it just somehow- Curiosity. Like, it's curiosity. Yeah. People mm-hmm. were like, why? Like you you drive up anywhere, you see a line, you're like, what are people waiting in line what for? What are people waiting in line? And I think the story was just, it just was so crazy. Like, you know, you, you go to your friends, I was like, hey, have you, have you hit that new donut spot up? It's like- yeah. What donut spot? They're in a camper in a parking lot in Windward. Like, what? I got to go try this place. Mm-hmm. And you guys um, were limited hours first, right? Like, limited. limited days, limited hours. It was like 11 to 6. It was Friday through Sunday, Friday 11 Sunday. to 6, or sold out. And yep. since we didn't really know what we were doing still and production and everything, we would sell out early a lot because it was just so tough to predict yeah. how, what the day is going to be like. And yeah, if it constrict- rains, people are not, you know. Yeah, people oh, gosh, the like, rain uh, sucks. You know, we're outside. Nobody's going to show up. And then other days it was like a beautiful, crystal clear Sunday and we sell out in an hour. You know, yeah. like, it was crazy. And and for us it was like, then the conspiracy started of like, oh, do you think they sell out on purpose? I'm like, listen, man. <laughs> if I could I'm sell here, them, I would. They're, they're, they're making money. 10 donuts only to create a line, guys. <laughs> you know, it's like, we want we want this to be a viable business. Trust me, if I can make them and sell them, mm-hmm. I bet your ass I'm going to do it. You know, if we can't make them, it's because we literally can't make anymore. Did you ever think about maybe opening up additional days or hours to keep up with the demand? This In was, the camper, at least? It, it was a back and forth. So this was that was my position. I'm like, let's do it. We just open Thursdays or we mm-hmm. open earlier. And Amanda was like, absolutely effing not like we're not doing it until we open our store yeah because i didn't want to make it seem like we were a food truck because that was like the kind of fine line of being yeah, oh, I a mean, food truck turned store or I mean, like when i was looking up i couldn't think of the name of where you guys were in i'm like you know it was some kind of food truck thing yeah but then exactly. i'm like it says camper camper that's what it is that's exactly <laughs> we what went it with is. camper yeah so we just wanted i wanted to make sure that the store itself was going to be an exciting moment once it opened so I was like, we have to keep it to three days. And also, it was really just us running, like, the camper. So it was really difficult to, like, add another day to it while designing the shop. So yeah. it was just too much to handle. So well, we took it slow. Monday to Thursday, we'd spend, like, with the architects, the attorneys, the whatever, tweaking recipes, hiring people, mm-hmm. interviewing people, finding out how the hell we were going to go from three days to six. <laughs> and then it would be like, that. we'd do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Was, we'd already be exhausted. <laughs> and then it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday working the pot. I mean, it was brutal. And when you guys first started, you took this head on full time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It had to be. Like, there was no possible way. If we were only going to do the, if the idea would have been like, oh, let's just do a, a trailer on the weekends and see if it ever leads to a store, we probably could have done it part time. Mm-hmm. But because we did it backwards, we're like, we're going to build a store and we signed a lease. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Okay, shit. The building's delayed now. <laughs> How do we make money? Now what do we do? So then we did the camper after. So we were working through, you know, plans, permitting, mm. all that stuff, which is like a full time job in and of itself, plus doing the camper. So like, yeah, it was seven days a week. What What's the one donut that would sell out every 
day on the camper? Maple bacon. Maple bacon. Maple yeah, bacon. For sure. Does it, it still sell out every day at the shop? Uh, pretty much. It's usually one of the first ones to go. It's almost yeah. like no matter how many we make, like it just does not stay on the shelves. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time ever that we went and met with JB from Miami Smokers. Remember that? Oh, we went, yeah. We went to the shop. So obviously we use Miami Smokers bacon mm-hmm. on our maple bacon donut. It's the best ever in the world. I agree. Uh, it, it, we went and we met with JB and we're like, hey, through a mutual friend we met. And I'm like, we're this, this couple. We're going to do a donut shop. And like, we want to use your bacon for this, for this donut. He's like, sure, like, what, <laughs> whatever you want, you know? And he's like, our bacon's more expensive than the regular stuff you'll buy from like uh, wholesale food yeah. service companies. Are you sure? And I'm like, I tasted it. This is what we need to do. And we did it. And then like, Three months after we opened, he comes back and he's like, you know, I thought you guys were nuts when you came <laughs> to my shop and we're at, and he's like, and now it's like, you know, you guys use so much bacon. It's crazy. And we're it, like his really, number one client. We're like one of the top customers and it's awesome. You know, we're supporting another small business and there's a lot of synergies and we love yeah. that. And how long were you guys in the camper like total before the store opened? A year, right? A to whole the date. Year. It was, year. It was weird how it happened. It really was. From the day that it launched in December 3rd to the day that our store opened, it was a whole year. Like exactly, coincidentally. Co- exactly. Like 365th day we opened the store. And I'll never forget because when we first opened the camper, people would be like, oh, so, you know, you I hear you're going to have a store. Like, when is it opening? I'm like, oh, three months from now. Three months. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, my God, it's a year. Yeah, which I promise we're not doing for the new one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. We, we've learned our place. lesson now. <laughs> and were you, so you guys were in the camper for a year, right? Yep. Did you ever think while you were in the camper and you had so many delays at the store that it would, wouldn't open and this was just the wrong decision to make in life? It, yeah. Uh, I think oh, I'm, I didn't. I'm, I would say not that it was a wrong decision to make in life, but I was just like. Or maybe you did it the wrong way. Yeah, I was just like, there's the, you have those days that you're just like, are we ever, like it, the store seems so distant. It was yeah. like an empty space. We uh-huh. didn't have a building permit. The plans weren't done. And I'm just like, this is never going to end. Like we're just going to be a pop-up forever, you know? <laughs> I think that's how my attitude was at the beginning. And then it kind of flipped because then, you know, some people were like, oh, you're never going to open. And I almost flipped it as like, okay. Like, you think we're not going to open a store? Well, I'm going to open a store now as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was really difficult. It was kind of discouraging, all the delays, but we made it happen. Yeah. And did you <laughs> see when you opened the store, it just got busier? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think it was, at first we're like, well, we're scared that we're going to pack three days worth of business into six, and then it's just going to be slower, but do the, like, the same volume. But luckily, thank God, that wasn't the case. It was just... We multiplied that times, you know, whatever, six days. So it was just busy all the time. I mean, you guys still have lines. We still have lines. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Weekends are pretty wild. Weekends are wild. Like, right, the last couple of weeks for spring break was, like, I mean, ridiculous and crazy. <laughs> it's very random, too. And that's why it's so hard to predict. People are like, you know, oh, you sold out this day and then you didn't sell out the next day. It's really hard to predict. At this point, like, we do above and beyond probably any other donut shop in the in the world right now. Like mm-hmm. we are uh, looking at our analytics like daily, figuring out what did we do this day last year, what did we do last week, what's the average of that, how's the week been, how's the month been. Like we're tr- we're really trying not to sell out early or have leftovers or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like a random Tuesday comes in, open in the morning, like three hundred people show up, and you're just like boom, gone. It's just it's, it's so unpredictable. Random, you know, yeah. yeah, it's unpredictable. So, like, did you did you ever think uh, back to the camper days that salty would be as big as it is right now i think we hoped for it yeah definitely hoped for but it but i don't think we could have thought that it really would be like i knew it would be something special and the trailer always being packed i knew it'd be special but like, i don't think we either one of us thought it could get as big as it's gotten and then I mean, it's got it, it went by fast i think it went by yeah. really fast I, I, you I, we blinked and it was like two years later you know it's crazy it's crazy but 
We love it. We love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, you guys, um, you sell out every day, and you're on track for your second location. Yes. Well, you, you, it is coming. In it's coming. <laughs> later this year, summer? Yeah, later this year. We're, we're shooting to be open. Um, if we, like, just tried balls to the wall, August, late August, maybe possible, but I, I doubt it. I think, realistically, it's going to be September. Mm-hmm. Um, if it goes into October, I won't be super mad about it, but I'm really shooting for, like, first, second week of September. Um, so we can have, like, a couple months before the holiday craze to, mm-hmm. like, get the kinks yeah, worked out. I mean, South Miami people are going to drive you insane. Dude, they're going to go <laughs> nuts. And for the holidays and stuff, so I'm just like, I would love to get open in September because September's kind of like a whatever mm-hmm. normally slow month. And then October will kind of pick up a little bit so we can get the kinks and worked out. And you have, out. like, holidays back to back to back to back. Like, back. <laughs> boom, November 1st hits and, like, it's done. So Now, what are you most excited about the second location? I'm more excited, I mean, from a design perspective because I design all the shops and, and all the branding and everything. I'm just excited that I can learn from my mistakes of store number one um, and just kind of redesign this new space based off of what it always should have been. Um, I mean, the first store is beautiful. I know. Well, I'm a little bit OCD, so I notice like the small, tiny things like, oh, man, I don't have space to put a second register, like all these small things. I think it's more like efficiencies that we we notice. Like the design of the shop is beautiful, but like, we our second register is like a mobile little iPad mini, like mm-hmm. instead of like a legitimate second register <laughs> or like the coffee, the way it flows through the doors, like just stuff we learn from like people coming in and out so much. Yeah, just kind of like crowd control. But yeah. I'm also really excited just about the the location because we live only like five minutes away from this shop now. And we know that in South Miami, it's really tough just for to get coffee to get. I mean, there's no donuts. So it's just. I'm excited to bring that to our community. Yeah, it's almost like the same thought process we had when we first opened, like, oh, Miami doesn't have, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like even more connected to South Miami because we both basically live in that area. And for us, it's like if I want to go out to dinner uh, and I want to go out on a date on Friday night with Amanda, like we need to go to either Wynwood, the beach. Brickle. I agree. I feel like that same that applies to every suburb in Miami. Like, yeah, because I live in Miami Lakes and there's nothing in Miami Lakes. There's nothing. So it's like it's travel like 30, 40 minutes. We end up cooking at home or something because we're like, I can't I'm not going to drive an hour to go to the beach, you know, so or like take an Uber is 40 bucks to Uh get there. So it's like I think we have so much passion for South Miami as a community. And I think there's a couple of people that have just started to like make that change. Like Madruga Bakery, like Mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, No name Chinese, like killing it. So, like, people are starting to realize, because South Miami before was all, like, corporate People like, are starting to realize that people live in the suburbs, exactly. not yeah. in Brickell and Miami Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody it, lives in it became a point in time that once I started reading all these comments, like, I love you guys, but you're so far. I'm like, okay, crap. Like, maybe we should start listening right. and just bring it home. Yeah. Well, and that, and then, so we, we do UM every Thursday. So every Thursday, we bring our old little camper okay. to University of Miami. And it's really just for the students. Mm-hmm. But we started having like random people showing up to campus to buy donuts. And we're like, what, what is going on? And everybody's <laughs> either from South Miami, Pinecrest, Kendall. Um, some are even like from Homestead, but all these people are coming and saying like, I go to your shop once every three months. Cause you guys are an hour away. And I <laughs> work is, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, I work for whatever, like Baptist corporate, yeah. but like, I can't go to Winwood till Sunday. And on Sunday I'm too tired. It's so, like, I don't want to go. Yeah. But if you guys are in my, in my hood, like I'll go before work. Mm-hmm. I'll take donuts to the office, whatever. So we're excited to be able to, to bring that to South Miami and also bring like a really great coffee culture because nobody's doing great coffee in South Miami, which drives me nuts because I live there. <laughs> so I have to either make it at home or drive you know, to Wynwood or Coral Gables to get coffee. So and why do cool. you think the time was right now for a second location? Well, we kind of have been, I've been like pressing Andy really like we have to open a shop. We have to open a shop. 
um, another one for the last like year. Mm-hmm. But really, when we were we stepped back and like, okay, well, where what kind of position are we in as a company? It wasn't gonna happen. Um, we didn't really have our shit together at all. Like every day was just like some other mess, and so. It just kind of all the pieces fell into place. And it's also been really hard to find like the perfect spot because we have so many needs and wants. So the space fell into our hands um, and we like, you know, the the landlord and everything, which is really hard to come across. And I think we were like, okay, we're in a position now, like our team's kicking ass. Like it's now or never. Now is the menu going to be different from the Wynwood location? We're still kind of messing around. So in contrast to Wynwood, um, there will be production being made like at the South Miami store, mm-hmm. which gives us a lot of flexibility for a couple different reasons. One, we would be able to, to some degree, vary the, the quantities of the day still. So like if it's a Super Slam Tuesday, we'd have kitchen staff on hand to, be able make, to like, more. make a little bit more. Not of yeast dough because that has to rest for 24 hours, but we can make more cake donuts. We could do like other stuff. Mm-hmm. It also gives us flexibility to be able to do like really crazy uh, chef specials that are like temperature variable mm-hmm. or like we couldn't do in Winwood that could be done there. Um, but I think the menus are going to be the same, but seasonal. And then I think there'll be something special to each store, not just that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a third store at some point, like at that one, that'll be like special to that store. So like South Miami special may be different than Winwood special. Some of the coffee menu might be different. Just to keep things a little exciting Fresh. and also to like the neighborhood, you know? Yeah, to the neighborhood. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I really love the whatever at South Miami, but like that, that donut's only there, you know? So that'll be kind of fun. Now, would you guys ever consider doing like, I know you did some kind of like masterclass for South Beach. Would you ever consider opening a shop with kind of like a small cooking school inside where you could teach people some kind of donut stuff? I would love to do that in South Miami because we have, you know, kitchen space to do it. And I think um, we're sort of like redesigning our, our commissary kitchen now uh, with the hopes that we can design it to be a lot more. It'll still be industrial, but like to open it to some level of the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could do like once a month or once a week or whatever, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we in. did a master class uh, with 20 people and it sold out in like five minutes. It was for the food and wine, South Beach Food and Wine Festival. And it was actually really fun, though, on our so behalf. And it was cool because we also got to educate people how much love and labor goes into mm-hmm. our donuts and how crazy serious we take it. Like, I remember, you know, interacting with them and like, yeah, if a donut's ugly, like, we take it off. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, you don't serve <laughs> it? I'm like, no, I, I wouldn't serve an ugly donut. Like, we actually just throw it away. And they're like, I'll eat it. And like, you guys are crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's just the level that we take our donuts. <laughs> well, and I feel like our back of house staff, too, like, they haven't been able to have that interaction with customers yeah. uh, because they're separated from the store. So I feel like once we redesign the kitchen in the next couple months, bringing some level of, like, whatever it is, classes, tastings, things, something to activate that, I think it'll be great for the for the community and also for our staff to, like, get to interact with people that are, like, 100%. you know, seeing their product being made and they're, like, validated that, like, what they're doing is, like, somebody's watching them do it and it's like, wow, these people are, like, super highly skilled, you know? Like, that's yeah. important for us. Now, you guys have an amazing story and, you know, there's people listening that might say, I have an idea to do something, but I don't want to take the risk. What's one piece of advice you would tell them? Because you guys took that risk and look at you guys now. Yeah. I think you have to be somewhat fearless, but somewhat fearless, this is at least what I think, like somewhat fearless when you have the the knowledge or the data to make that decision as best as you can. I think people have great ideas all the time, us included, but when you really start to let those ideas like seep in and start doing a lot of data and a lot of research and a lot of analytics, you can kind of put together, things start to come together and you're like, ah, this may not be so great, let me take it in this direction. And I think drowning yourself in data to make an educated decision. But once you reach that point that you're like, okay, I did everything that I could. I researched everywhere that I could. And I really think that this is a good idea. And like, I think I can make this work. And I have, you know, a business plan to some degree. Then you got to be fearless and you just got to do it at that point. But 
drown yourself in knowledge and once you feel like your idea has been validated and you've done as much research as you can you just got to freaking do it man like just you just got to go <laughs> at some point you just got to go what do you think i mean yeah and going off that and also never give up it sounds it sounds so cheesy but the th- we've were hit with so many obstacles and if we ever did give up like it could have flopped week two, week three, like even though we had these lines, every single day behind the scenes was something else. And it was just always like a learning process because there's no like 101 on starting a donut shop or starting whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of have to take risks and never never give up when something comes your way because you just have to learn from from what happens. Yeah. I mean, you guys conquered the Miami market, I think, you know, and you're getting there, maybe more locations down the road, but is there a city outside of Florida that you want Salty Donut to exist in? Oh, man, <laughs> there, there are so many that I think it would thrive in, but... Which one would be re- most realistic, I guess? I, I think there's a, at least for me, there's like a two-sided answer. I think... I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? I think you're going to say, because I always joked around that I want to open a shop wherever I want to live or like vacation. That's exactly what so I'm that's, say. yeah, like where there's nice weather. So I'm but. like, if I had to pick a store to open somewhere that I would just want to go visit that store like all the time, <laughs> I would say like somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, like Oregon or, or, or Washington State. Okay. Realistically, where I think the store would kick ass, probably uh, like Los Angeles, San Francisco. Um, I love New York as a person, but I think New York is so cutthroat and like there's always so much noise of like so many people doing so many things. Mm -hmm. It's like, eh, if we get to New York at some point in the next five years, great. If not, I'm not going to be super upset about it. I'll just go to New York to like as a consumer. But I think there's a lot of opportunities on the West Coast and some of like the Midwest states too that I think it could kill it. That's awesome. Now I ask this question to everybody. Oh god, <laughs> it's it's a, it's 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 two parted, I guess. So hypothetically, it's a hypothetical question. Hypothetical. You're leaving Salty Donut tonight. You find a lottery ticket on the floor for ten million dollars. Okay. What's the first thing you do? <laughs> <laughs> you want to answer first? Or you want me to go first? I mean, the first thing that literally like. I mean, besides like trying to claim it or whatever, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's weird because the first thing that popped into my head actually wasn't anything personal. It was just about the business. Um, cause I'm dying to just redo our entire kitchen. So I was like, Oh my God, I can finally design it exactly how I want. Yep. I have unlimited amounts of money because a lot of people don't subway actually know every wall. Yeah. Subway tile. Um, a lot of people don't actually know that the Winwood shop was pretty much built off our credit cards. Like, so just the fact that like, if I actually had a $10 million or whatever it is, like that I could design something with no budget, like, Oh, that would just make me so happy. <laughs> my ass would be on a plane to France. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd be like, this was fun. Let's go, babe. We're going out of here. He's the more spontaneous one, clearly. I'm clearly the crazier one. Now, do you guys have a favorite donut on the menu? Favorite donut on the menu. Yes. My favorite donut on the menu, and you can't copy me, so I'm going to go first. Brown butter and salt. Brown butter and salt, <laughs> which I will say, because you're going to get the exclusive on this. I don't know oh, if, okay. I don't know if this is worth anything. Probably the, not. the behind <laughs> the scenes of why we've been not sleeping the last couple we, of days. We've really... We've always wanted to revamp our cake donut because I know that it could be better, um, but we've always like not really known what to do to make it better. Um, so we have undertaken this last like week or two weeks actually, and have just been in the kitchen like every single day with our team, like just trying stuff, mm-hmm. so many different things. And uh, like brown butter 2.0 is insane, but I would say my favorite donut is still brown butter current. Okay, but my the 2.0 donut is just gonna will be mind blowing brown butter 2.0. So brown butter and salt by far. New or old, doesn't matter. That's my favorite. <laughs> How yeah. about you, Amanda? 
well, now you just took, well, because now I, I have like a, I have a personal relationship with brown butter and salt because, or even just cake donut in general, because we've been spending so much time tweaking it the last couple of days that I just feel like I'm bleeding brown butter and salt right now, like cake donut. Um, and I've actually, so Andy, you know, when we used to experiment in the kitchen would always fry donuts because I would get really scared being in front of like a 360 degree fryer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yesterday I fried my first batch of cake donuts and I was- Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> it's really Talk intimidating being in front of like this boiling oil. But um, but yeah, so it, I just have like now like a personal moment. I didn't burn myself, so I was really <laughs> excited. And so I just eat, sleep, breathe cake donuts right now. <laughs> What's your favorite aside from that though? No. He's questioning you now. This is not, you cannot ask the question. All right, fine. Any new fun stuff in the pipeline? Anything new on the way? We've re- I don't want to say exactly what it is, but we've been really trying hard to figure out like a super creative, fun way to do like some cu- homage to our Cuban heritage as donuts. Okay. So, like we did the flan donut, that was cool. But like we're trying to take that to like the next level. So like I think on the horizon for us is going to be like uh, some cool like mashup of like old school Cuban desserts in the form of like super crazily executed like okay. fancy ass donuts okay that's like kind of it's like we're... sticky bun 2.0 and not literally the flavor of sticky bun <laughs> just like how crazy people go yeah. over sticky bun yeah i think that'll be next and then we're also uh you know we've done two cronuts so far we did one in december we did one last uh june for uh mango season and i want to start doing more cronuts because they're a lot of fun and they're effing delicious <laughs> uh, so i think that too like we're playing with uh we need more refrigeration for that but we're playing around with like maybe having a corona like once a season, okay. you know, like a fall corona, spring corona sort of thing. So It's just kind of crazy. Since we're so spontaneous and, like, our minds are all over the place, sometimes collabs. You're not really planning ahead. You're yeah, just, sometimes collabs happen, and like, ideas are just like, oh, my gosh. And then it just happens in like a couple one days. One weekend, staff is just like, you guys are crazy. Like, we can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can. You can figure it out. And they're like, all right, we got it. You know, yeah. we do. And where do you guys see, like, Salty in the next five, ten years? I think, you know, we, we all are very – well aware like we're not the next Dunkin Donuts we don't want to be the next Dunkin Donuts like mm-hmm. I don't even put us, ourselves in the same uh, category as I wouldn't something either. like that you mm-hmm. know so I think for us we'd be happy with the most amount we can grow while growing organically and her and I still being able to uh, decide on and touch every donut like I don't want to be the CEO of Salty Donut like I want to be <laughs> like Andy where like I'm in the kitchen I'm doing this I'm doing that so I think wherever that gets us and is organic I'm happy with but I think I'd love to have a, you know, five years, 10 years. I'd love to have a few more stores in Florida uh, and then maybe have another like five to 10 stores uh, in like key markets uh, around the U.S. and just kind of like one store for the city, maybe one for the state, like one or two stores in California and I'm good. One or two <laughs> stores in Texas, I'm good. You know, like yeah. not nothing insane, just like hit the, the good markets where like you can have a good national representation, but it's still very local to that market. I'd be stoked with that. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree. I think if it gets to a point in time where we're not having fun or where our staff doesn't even know, like, who we are, then I'm not going to do it. Because I I like to have a personal relationship with all of our employees, Mm -hmm. and I think that's important so that they understand why we're so OCD about everything because they, you know, they see our love and our brand, and I I don't want that to ever die. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show. You guys are amazing. I love you guys, and and I appreciate and all the success. Thank you you so much. A big thank you to Amanda and Andy from the Salty Donut for coming through the show. Truly appreciate it. Make sure you check out their shop in Wynwood. Amazing Donuts Plus. They got shop number two opening up 
in South Miami. Now let's take a quick break and hear from one of my sponsors, Burgerfy. You know, Earth Day is right around the corner, happening April 22nd, and this year, all participating South Florida Burgerfy locations from Miami Beach to Sunrise to Palm Beach County, even my friends in the Treasure Coast. Burgerfy is offering a $5 VeggieFi burger that features crispy quinoa with a pure-cut veggie burger, white cheddar cheese, lettuce, tomato, and Burgerfy sauce on a multi-grain bun. Or, you know what? Have a green style. And you know what? Burgerfy is also offering on Earth Day a $5 Beyond Burger, which is a plant-based burger with 20 grams of protein that features a single Beyond Meat patty topped with pickles, onions, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, mustard, ketchup, and American cheese. If you love traditional beef burgers, you're going to love this Beyond Burger. It's personally one of my favorites. And on April 22nd, both of these burgers will be just $5. And did you know that BurgerFi is the first national burger chain to carry the Beyond Burger? And on Earth Day, with any burger purchase, guests will receive a free plantable burger coaster they can plant at home to grow their own lettuce and tomato, which is amazing. Now remember, on Earth Day, April 22nd, BurgerFi, the VeggieFi Burger, and the Beyond Burger will be just $5. And for more information on these burgers, go to BurgerFi.com and make sure to head to your local BurgerFi on Earth Day, April 22nd, for the $5 VeggieFi Burger or the Beyond Burger. What do you say? Let's jump into some food news. Now, Taco Bell is testing a French Toast Chalupa. The French Toast Chalupa comes in a soft, fluffy chalupa shell coated in cinnamon, and it's filled with scrambled eggs, bacon or sausage crumbles, your choice, and it's served with a side of syrup for dipping. Now, the bad news is only being tested in Ohio right now. However, there is a chance this could expand nationwide soon. Now, Cracko Barrel has just launched a Goo Goo Cluster Latte. Now, Goo Cluster is that chocolate candy that you love when you were a child. Now, this latte looks insane. The beverage is a blend of rich espresso and steamed milk combined with classic caramel, milk chocolate, peanut, and nougat flavors. It is then topped with whipped cream, caramel sauce, and crushed up Goo Goo Clusters. You can get this drink either hot or cold. Ruby Chocolate Kit Kats are now launching worldwide. Starting next Monday, Ruby Chocolate Kit Kats will launch in the UK. At the same time that they announce this, the official Kit Kat Instagram has also confirmed that the US will receive these Ruby Kit Kats as well. Now, these will not be released in the US on Monday, according to Instagram, soon after the UK launch. Now, White Castle has debuted the Impossible Burger Sliders. These sliders will be available at 140 White Castles in New York, New Jersey, and Chicago. Now, these sliders are made with Impossible Foods' signature vegan meat, topped with pickles, onions, and smoked cheddar cheese. And it will be available on the all-day menu, and a single Impossible slider will cost just $1.99. This rollout is only a test, but White Castle has said if it goes well, this will expand to all locations nationwide. Now, Disneyland has turned their famous Dough Whip into donuts. This donut is a toasty marshmallow-like merengue and pineapple icing on top of a chunky pineapple filling, which is on the inside. Now, the bad news, if you're in South Florida and you go to Orlando all the time, they're only available in Disneyland, not Walt Disney World, and they are made in limited numbers. So let's hope they come to Walt Disney World in Florida soon. Chili's has launched a new Boss Burger. This burger has five meats stacked on top of it. It includes a half-pound beef patty, bacon, jalapeno cheddar smoked sausage, pulled rib meat, and a smoked brisket cheddar ranch barbecue sauce, lettuce, and tomato Round out the fillings on this burger. By the way, this burger checks in at 1,600 calories, and this burger is still in testing, and it's only available in select locations around the U.S. Chili's did not say 
which locations it was available at. Now, Budweiser has debuted a new Bud Light flavor just in time for the summer. Say hello to Bud Light Orange. Bud Light Orange is brewed with orange peels, and Budweiser claims this will only be around for the summer. So, I'm totally intrigued by this flavor. I don't know what it tastes like. I don't know if it's going to be like a blue moon or better or worse. I don't know. I would love to try this. Budweiser, if you're listening, send me some Bud Light Orange. Shake Shack is testing a brand new veggie burger. At the current moment, your only vegan option at Shake Shack is the Shroom Burger. Well, starting this Thursday, April 19th, several locations of Shake Shack in New York, LA, and Austin will begin testing a full veggie burger. The new veggie burger is made of black beans, brown rice, roasted beets, topped with provolone cheese, lettuce, onions, and pickles. And instead of the great Shack sauce, there will be a vegan mustard mayo. And that's all the food news for this week. Of course, I bring food news Alive every Wednesday on Instagram stories. So make sure you follow me for the video version of food news on Instagram at the foodie. Now let's jump into the food part of the week. And this week coming to us from South Florida foodie. And you can follow them right now at S O F L A foodie S O F L A foodie. And they posted the hangover sandwich from Henry's sandwich shop in Fort Lauderdale. It's an over easy egg, bacon, avocado, pepper, jack, cheese, tomato, and sriracha mayo on sourdough toast. It looks so damn good. It looks perfect for your hangover or better yet, pretty much any time of day if you ask me. I'm looking at this and I just want to take a bite through the screen. You can see it for yourself. I posted it on Instagram at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Of course, if you see some food porn you think I should highlight every week, make sure to tag me on Instagram at the foodie. And this week, the cocktail of the week brought to you by Bonefish Grill. And at Bonefish Grill, they have some new seasonal cocktails that are now available through June 18th, and this is one of them, the Woodford Reserve Old Fashioned. And you can have it right now at Bonefish Grill. This cocktail has Woodford Reserve bourbon, a muddled orange wedge, some bitters, house-made vanilla bean syrup, and it's garnished with a cherry and an orange peel. I love Old Fashions myself, and I can tell you you're going to love this one. The shot is so beautiful. It looks epic, and it tastes just as amazing as it looks. Don't forget, Bonefish Grill seasonal cocktails are now available through June 18th, so make sure you check them out. You're going to love it, and you're going to love this Woodford Reserve Old Fashioned. And lucky for you, I have the recipe from Bonefish Grill. I posted it on the website right now, thefoodie.com, and you can see the photo for yourself on the website, thefoodie.com, and of course, on Instagram, at thefoodie. And that's going to wrap up episode number 27. A big thank you to everybody who listened. A big thank you to Andy and Amanda for coming on the show. From the Salty Donut, make sure you check them out in Woodwood for some awesome donuts. You can subscribe, download, and listen to WTF Words Food wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. If you do listen to WTF Words Food on Apple Podcasts, you can leave me a review there. You want to follow me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at The Foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Of course, an amazing website as well, TheFoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. Lots of great stuff on there, and I posted that Cocktail of the Week recipe brought to you by Bonefish Grill. You can listen to full episodes now at thefoodie.com as well. And just a quick announcement, WTF Words of Food is going to wrap up season one. We'll be back for season two, but season one, its last episode will be May 8th, so make sure you check out then. Thank you guys for the support. Would not be here without you. We got a summer series on the way. How about a WTF Summer Beach House? We can make it happen. We're trying to make it happen. So look out for that as well. And of course, season two will be back come September, but we'll be back for a summer series. Maybe a Summer Beach House come july but don't worry still plenty of episodes left of wtf words food my name is nick thank you guys again for listening and always remember to hashtag never stop eating